0: Welcome to Blame It On Marketing, a podcast where we debunk the popular corporate tactic of blaming everything on marketing when things go off the rails. Stick around to hear why marketing is always to blame, what marketers can do to course correct quickly, and how to mitigate blame in the future. This is the conversation you wish you could have at work, but only share with your closest colleagues during off-the-grid Starbucks confabulations. I'm Stephanie Chambers, a New York City marketing executive and the author of Blame It On Marketing. For the past 20 years, I've seen many things go wrong at incubators, startups, small businesses, and even global organizations. One thing all organizations have in common, regardless of size, is the propensity to point the finger at marketing when things go off the rails. Helping me to kick off my very first podcast is Ellen Schwartz, the Senior Director of Demand at Notch. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Hey, Stephanie. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on as my first guest, and I'm even more thrilled to be discussing with you today why marketing gets in hot water when they say to sales, but we added 200 marketing qualified leads to the funnel. On the surface level, it seems like a metric that marketing should be very proud to be reporting on. But we both have some thoughts on why the buck doesn't stop with marketing qualified leads. Before we dive in, I'd like for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more so they can understand your perspective on the situation. You're known for simplifying complex audience journeys, but this wasn't an area of focus when you first started your career. So what did your journey look like from your early career days to where you are now? Sure. So I've been in marketing for probably a
1: dozen or so years at this point. Um, but I started in nonprofit marketing and then found my way into B2B SaaS. I started my kind of B2B career at a customer experience company. So that was the first time I was being asked to track leads and bring things in and hand them over. Um, and it became pretty clear to me that that wasn't always the easiest handoff. Um, and now I'm in a much smaller company where every lead really counts. Um, so I've figured out ways to talk to Rev and make sure that everybody's on the same page with that. So my my actual work experience came in, you know, kind of jack of all trades marketer when it comes to B2B. So email marketing, field marketing events, um, lots of webinars. Now I'm also hosting the podcast over at Notch as well. So understanding what all that is, is it working and is it valuable to sales has become something that's really front and center in my mind.
0: What I love about your background is that it's applicable to any industry, any size company, any audience that you're tracking. So for all of our listeners, this is something that they can really hone in on and bring to the table um, in their own line of work. Yeah, totally. Let's jump in. I'd love for you to replay the situation that went off the rails. What was going on when marketing and sales got into some slight office fisticuffs when marketing reported on the number of leads they produced? I love the fisticuffs visualization. I feel like that's (laughs) so
1: incredibly accurate. Um, And I will kind of preface this with: this is an a bit of an amalgamation. It's not one specific thing, just because it's happened repeatedly throughout my career, and I don't want to out any of my wonderful revenue team partners. Um, but the the gist of it is that marketing brings in tons and tons of leads. We've gated ebooks we've you know we ask for the registration from webinars. We're bringing in all of these quote unquote leads, and we're qualifying them. We're saying, this is an MQL. it's like the right person, the right time. Yeah, 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 and like patting ourselves on the back, handing them over to Rev and saying, Go forth and sell to these people. um and then eventually revenue will come back and be like, we couldn't do anything with a lot of these. Like what's going on? There's a mismatch here between what we need from you and what you're handing to us. Um, so that's that's it in a nutshell. It's like there's, I think this expectation and a lot of marketers, a lot of marketers are judged on or like measured on your, the number of MQLs that you can bring in. So we've started to do whatever we can to up that number to be able to say, we brought in 300, 200, 100, whatever is significant for you. But it doesn't mean that we've been really held to quality because it's difficult to measure
0: that. Quality is such a difficult concept to wrap around this because yeah. sales could say, well, just give us any of the leads that came from the webinar. But how does that align with your lead score criteria? And also, how do you know that the lead score criteria is even accurate? Totally.
1: There's there's a lot there, right? So there's some teams that'll say, like some rep teams will just be like, or an SDR say, give me all of them. Why would I not be the person to qualify this? And I think there's a good argument there. I think especially, I mean, I'll say from here at Notch and other SDRs I've worked with, like the SDR is the person who should know exactly the right people to talk to. So you could hand over a list and say, go forth and let me know who makes sense. Um but after that you're right like your lead scoring needs to reflect what's valuable to whoever is doing the next step. So is it something where you can see that they've opened seven emails and that is suddenly significant or is that just signal f- that someone's really into your research? Um what is it that like those the triggers are between you and
0: between you and Rev? And what role were you playing in this scenario?
1: I was in a marketing manager role. So very much the person who is the coordinator of this event. And I'm driving registration. I'm sending out the emails to bring people in or to um, get the ebook downloaded. So in some cases, I was even buying ads, like in a, what are they called? Display ads in an email. So where it's like, we're going to borrow... Uh, like a smart brief or a ad agency to say hey like give us this top spot in the email that's within the right industry all of these leads obviously are going to come back in now and like let's like let loose on our email nurtures and our outbound calls now obviously everybody because they downloaded one ebook is an uh, mql Is ready to go.
0: What I always tell teams is we probably should make sure that they're still engaged with our our nurture program, right? Because what you have is a lot of people want to be the person who brings ideas to the table. Are they downloading it because they're interested in what your company can offer? Or are they downloading your ebook because they're looking for research and ideas to bring to work the next day? So it's not a really good metric for handing leads off. And then you run the the slippery slope of handing those to sales and then sales saying, you know what, we've been doing this for quite some time. These leads aren't qualified. Send me the ones that are qualified. Yeah, so it exactly. It creates this friction between the two teams. Of, we want to give you what you asked for, but then also saying these aren't good enough. Right. And I think it's
1: I know we're kind of going to get to this in a little bit, but it's not always fair to blame marketing because we've not always had the right tools to further qualify a lead. There have been very few ways of actually like gathering that information, but that's definitely changing.
0: So I love that you already leaked your perspective <laughs> on this. <laughs> well, I'll say like that was part of my, per- I have many perspectives on this, so I don't know oh, if we can jump into that now too. But. All right. Well, I would love to know When things started going off the rails, what did you do to unify the two teams before things got even worse?
1: Yeah, so I am a huge proponent of just reaching across the aisle of communication. So if something is obviously not working between what you're bringing in and what your team needs, what your sellers need, you need to just sit down with them and say, this is all the criteria that I have to work with. Does any of this work for you? You need to kind of be ready if they say no as well. But then like the only way that you're going to really understand what they need is to ask them is to say, we need to be working together. There's I think this is something that really mature teams are starting to do anyway is to say marketing and sales really aren't that separate. Like the handoff has been a weak spot and it needs to be where we are doing a lot of reinforcement now to make sure that everything is making it across that gap.
0: I love that. I I mean, I'm a big proponent of always putting sales at the forefront of the strategy. Mm -hmm. It helps to eliminate the finger pointing. Um, It level sets on expectations, but it doesn't always solve for all the problems. And you have to Mm. be forward thinking. So taking your experience from the situation and the learnings, what would you say are your top two tips for avoiding discord around the qualification of lead handoff?
1: So first piece of advice, again, is just definitely reach out to Rev. So say, I want to get better at this and I need to understand what you need. Um, and then after that, I would say, take it upon yourself to track your leads a little bit further. Um and I guess I could say, like, I'll back up one further and say, even if it's like your very, very top of funnel, your search, your SEO, your something like, or your LinkedIn ad spends, whatever those are, it's really easy to just say, like, I got a low cost per click or I got a low conversion or high conversion rate. Excellent. I know that those are the metrics that you've had to work with. You need to take it the next step to say, all right, so of those 100 leads, 10 of them turned into the next, turned into subscribers, turned into a better MQL, like requested a demo, whatever that next step might be for your journey is what you need to start holding yourself accountable to. You can't just take them, chuck them to the next person and say good luck, because eventually that next person will come back and say, I can't work with these. So we're talking specifically about the handoff to rep, but it could just be the next person in your funnel or whoever that might be.
0: I'm hearing. Two additional takeaways from this as well. Okay. It's teams have a habit of working towards their KPIs. Mm-hmm. But you really need to align your KPIs to the organization's KPIs. Yes. So it never ends with marketing metrics. It should always end with revenue attribution. 100%. And then I think in addition to that, it's understanding the process of the lead conversion funnel, and setting the expectation for, hey sales, if you want qualified leads that can actually turn into potential customers, help us understand what the conversion time looks like. So from downloading an ebook to going through the nurture campaign, maybe it's more of a two month cycle. So Mm -hmm. what is the expectation for when those leads should be handed off as well? And that takes a lot of time to measure quality leads and the time to convert. Yeah, it totally can, but it's
1: very much worthwhile to start to make your funnel very, very efficient. And that's something that we're seeing right now with this recession kind of looming is that everyone's being asked to either do more with the same budget in some you know, not so great cases, budgets are being cut, and even worse cases, you're losing headcount. Mm-hmm. People are asking where every dollar is going. And I don't know that that's something marketing is super used to because it's felt like we haven't had the right metrics before. So that's one way that you can start to say, I know, like, you know, from that LinkedIn ad spend example, you should be constantly trying to get that better. But the way that you need to do that is to go the next step down. It's not that you just need to get a like a super low cost per click because that might just be even worse quality leads. It's that you need to say, maybe it's worthwhile for me to spend $10 on a like on a conversion on LinkedIn because that person, like you said, in that two months is going to be the right
0: person. Large companies have a science around this and tends to be a playbook that they play every quarter. For smaller companies who may not be as proficient in measuring and tying attribution to revenue, what are a couple of simple steps they can take to start practicing like a more mature organization? So I think a playbook
1: is in place a lot of times because that documentation helps hold everyone accountable. So I think the first thing you can start to do is documenting what you're doing in a uh, central location. So hopefully that is something like your CRM, your Salesforce, your HubSpots, or somewhere that you can have a bunch of dashboards. Um, but the other thing is to, if you don't have these things put in place, I think it's going to behoove marketers to get better at this data and start chasing down your own metrics. And like if you don't have access to that data, ask your if you have a data team or if you've got a marketing ops person, whoever you're kind of your dashboard person is or your admin is, say, I really want to see this data for me. Can I get access to it? Or if it's that next team, say, what are your KPIs and can I help to move those? Um, I will say, I love what you said about how your marketing metrics can't stop with marketing, that they have to ladder up to the whole business goal. That's something we love to preach here at Notch, to where it's just like, it's it's the basis of this conversation, right? Like an MQL fantastic. It's probably helping you move the needle in some way. But if all you're doing is MQLs and you're not understanding how that ladders up to a broader business goal, people aren't going to listen to you when you come and say, I have have 75 MQLs. They're just going to say, okay, but like we're all working towards building an audience or we're all working towards being the best in our category. Is that what you're helping us do? So the more you can tie... From your individual work, which again, and I won't like, I shouldn't totally knock on the MQL the whole time. It can be great, but <laughs> it's only great if it's tying to the whole business.
0: And I think it starts with leadership, right? Setting the totally. tone for, hey, we haven't done this before. We haven't measured it properly before. The numbers that you're going to present in the marketing dashboard. Well, yes, we're holding you accountable. It's not indicative of your performance. We don't have mm-hmm. historical data in some cases, right? Or saying, hey, we're trying to go after new verticals, so the numbers may be different. Um, and I think marketers have a fear of their marketing metrics are directly tied to their performance results, mm. um, their reviews, their their bonus structures. And it's it, if companies are set up like that, maybe it's not the best company. Uh, for those Hmm. individuals, right? Because marketing is all an experiment. It's one giant puzzle where what worked six months ago may not even work tomorrow. So giving them the comfort in knowing that all they need to do is experiment and learn from the experimentations.
1: 100%. I love that.
0: This has been very exciting and eye-opening. I hope a lot of our listeners are getting some value out of this. But before we close... I have to uncover the one sentiment that teams feel they can't openly discuss at work. Was it fair to blame marketing in this scenario? Or was it just a case of two teams focused on different priorities?
1: I think it's definitely the case of two teams focused on different priorities. But I will say that some of the fault lies with marketing on this one. I think we've been able to sit back on these antiquated metrics for a long time but now reporting is way better. Data is way better. Tools are very much catching up to tying your work to a business outcome. So I do think marketing is partially responsible for this one.
0: Very juicy. Uh, I would love to hear what our <laughs> listeners' feedback is on this, <laughs> particularly the ones sitting in the roles where, to your point, um, marketing metrics belong with marketing. And Revenue typically sits with sales, but it's also a a new age for marketing uh today. Exactly. It's much more integrated. Yep. It's been such a pleasure having you on my very first episode of Blame It on Marketing. Thank you for sharing the dirty little office secrets.
1: <laughs> Hooray. Thank
0: you for having me. I'll be
1: interested to hear too how the rest of the episodes play out. How much marketing is really to blame?
0: Well, stay tuned. And that's a wrap. If you'd like to keep up with Ellen, you can follow her podcast pros and content until next week. Don't get blamed.